0: Hey everyone, thanks for checking out the podcast. This week we're going to be speaking with Raphael from ClearSale.
1: ClearSale is an e-commerce fraud protection solution that works with more than 3,000 companies worldwide. They offer protection against false declines, chargebacks, they integrate with all the major e-commerce platforms. Definitely want to check them out on the web at clear.sale. We had a great conversation with Raphael. He told this crazy story about fraudsters showing up in person at people's doors Definitely don't want to miss this episode. Check them out on the web. Thanks again for listening. And don't forget also to visit MerchantFraudJournal.com for all the latest e-commerce news and fraud prevention tips. Okay, so Raphael, thank you first so much uh, for joining us on the podcast. Uh, We really appreciate your time. Uh, So you can start off, uh, why don't you just tell us a, a quick overview of who you are and who you represent, and then we'll take it from there.
0: Sure. So thanks, Bradley, um, and, and thanks for the uh, thanks to your audience for the attention and the interest. Well, I'm Rafael Lorenzo. I'm um, I'm EVP at ClearSale. We are a fraud prevention solution for e-commerce uh, with global presence. And um, I my background is in in data science. So most of my experience uh, before uh, you know working in business the, on the business side of the of the company was trying to stop the, the bad guys being su- successful.
1: Right. So that's what we're here to talk about. I, I want to hear you. You gave me a couple of really great stories over email. So I'll let you pick which one you want to start off with. But some some of the craziest fraud attempts that you've ever witnessed personally.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the 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 funny thing here is that, uh, or, or at least the interesting thing when it comes to trying to avoid those, those uh those patterns from happening is understanding that the fraud can be anywhere i mean we 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 often try to think about the data points and stuff that are on the integration and especially people with you know it background uh, may be a little uh, narrow on understanding what types of fraud can happen and i think uh, i hopefully this 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 couple of stories I'm going to tell may, may open somebody's eyes when it comes to where the fraud can come from or, or where the solution for, for the, these kind of issues can come from.
1: Awesome. So let's dive right in and why don't you give me the scenario, give me the story of one of the craziest ones.
0: Sure. So let me, let me pick up this story. It happened like, uh, six years ago. So it's not that, that recent, but it's, a uh, never, uh, it's, uh it's still, trendy way of, of doing things and very creative so what was happening and and I always like to tell from the you know from the merchants perspective uh, what was happening at some point was um, chargebacks happening on um, on a given region right so there was a zip code that was specifically more uh, uh, attacked or more uh, with with a uh, chargeback rate higher than others and then we we went to and try uh, the when we try to dive in and investigate, we realized that those orders were being automatically approved, right? Because this person in particular, they have a um, they had at that time a, a manual review team. Uh, actually, the manual review team, was on our side, but they have they had the the manual review as part of their process, and very likely uh, the transactions that are risky would be flagged, and then the manual review team would work on it. But in this case, there have been a lot of chargebacks on uh, automatic uh, approved transactions, and we try to dive in and understand why. The first thing we realized was that the 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 the, the data was matching a lot, right? So the it was the same, the, the very same credit card with the very same address and, and very same email. And a lot of data points were matching with previous transactions, which tends to be usually like 9.9.9%, uh, uh, 99.9% good orders when, when, when it comes to those uh, patterns, right? Okay. And then we, so we, the first thing that we thought was it may be a, an account takeover right, when somebody, when somebody uh, hacks somebody else's, you know, login on a website. And, and that was actually the case. But um, we, we were trying then to, to understand what was going on. And what, what was intriguing us more was the shipping address. Because the shipping address with retailers, with online retailers, are the shipping address is the data point that you got to trust the most somehow, right? Because I mean, anything else can be faked, but the 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 good will be delivered to that address. And I, I could have other stories where that's not true, but in this case, was true, right? So shipping address was was matching with shipping address from previous uh, purchases from the same credit card, and that's again one of those variables that you tend to believe that are perfect, right? Like a silver bullet. If the same same credit card has delivered to same address and there was no chargeback, why why can that be a fraud right and that was what was interesting then when we investigate a little bit more again we realized that it was a concentration a high concentration in a given uh, region of the of uh, of a given city right so it was not only um not only a, a city but specifically a, a region uh a neighborhood and then um, but it was all on the same merchant, right? So ClearSale works with several merchants and several, and, and we can cross uh, different data from uh, from these merchants, but in this case was a specific merchant. When we tried to investigate more, uh, what we found out was that the, the fraudsters were actually doing an account takeover, meaning they were hacking into uh, the customer's accounts. They were, um, Delivering the let's say a TV or uh, high high value items to the actual uh, shipping address of those those good customers, right? So, let's say you Bradley, you have your login information, you have your your profile on uh, someone some some merchant's website, and they they got your your shipping address, your credit card, in many other things, mm-hmm. and. Um, and there was it, and they were delivering to the right shipping address, and that's not common for account takeover because people hacking to people's accounts so that they can deliver to their own address, and obviously not the the owner's, the cardholder's address. Right. I think I but know the, where this is going, but it's blowing
1: my mind just listening to
0: it. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> because I mean, I'm I, I'm telling you, and I'm feeling again, you know, the 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 sensation of not knowing where to go and and how to and how to uh, where this can come from. But then turns out that what they were doing was delivering the goods to the right address, to the shipping address that was used before without a chargeback. So it was the card holder's address. And then they went there to this address, uh, to a house or, or, or to an apartment. They were, the fraudsters were dressed using the uniform of the retailer, so let's say it was Walmart, it was not, but let's say it was Walmart, then I use as a fraudster Walmart's uniform, I stole or created myself something like this. And I knocked on the person's door and I say, did you receive a, a, a TV that you did not buy? And the person would say yes. Uh, I thought it was a mistake, and then I, I said, "Oh yes, it was a mistake. Uh, our logistic company made a made a mistake. Let me wow. just grab it and, and take home." And that was what what was happening. So they were they were faking to be employees of the retailer using their uniform, and obviously the cardholder would give the the, the goods right. So so you got a TV on your house, and and you know that you didn't buy it. So what what else would you do?
1: Well, they've never met my mother because my mother would probably have argued with them and said, no, I got the TV. <laughs> but but, but, you know, but it, that actually was not, I thought they were going to be porch uh, pirating, as it's called, waiting for it to arrive and just taking it uh, when, after it was delivered because the people wouldn't, wouldn't... So tell me about that chess match that goes on between you and the fraudsters.
0: That's exactly what you just you just described it's a chess match is a mouse and a mouse and, and cat game where where we will they are usually one step ahead right so you, you gotta follow them and try to avoid new stuff from happening um, and and implement so every time that you catch some new pattern you put it on, back on your toolbox and and hopefully you're gonna have it on your toolbox uh, for the future cases but they will they will come up with the with uh, new patterns and new ideas, and you should never take it for granted like it's not because you've been six months or even three years uh, without a, a fraud spike that doesn't mean uh, uh, that doesn't guarantee you know future future safety.
1: yeah, so I, I really want to get into this idea of when you're when you're going back and forth with you and the fraudsters kind of where you're where you're uh, thinking about how to approach the problem? So obviously, when you have a problem like this, what's, what's really wild is that you have these people who are going to such great lengths, and they're they're obviously understanding everything that's going on. And so, how do you try to combat that? Kind of what what are you trying to do to improve what you're doing?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the first thing is 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 being able to have a, a good diagnosis, right? To understand what's going on. And to understand what's going on, I like an approach where you bring different perspectives, different point of, points of view, right? And, and then in this case, uh, um, uh, for fraud, online fraud, that's what we, we, we fight the most. We're talking about a perspective where, where a software engineering team uh, will bring up their point of view, uh, data science or, or statistician uh, team will bring a different point of view. And even the manual reviewers, people that are on the, you know, the last mile of the fraud prevention, uh, 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 they will also bring a different perspective. So the secret sauce, in my opinion, is not on any of those elements, but actually on the combination of them, uh, where you're going to then put together all the, you know, the impressions and the possibilities. And, And usually the solution will be a combination of of the the ideas that people brought up to the table in a situation like this. Yeah, so
1: I I also wanted to get back to get at the idea of when you're going through something like this, obviously, it's you're dealing with a problem that you need to solve. And I want to understand kind of when you're in the middle of working through this, and you see what's going on, and obviously, I think it has to be frustrating. And I don't know, maybe it is. Maybe it's frustrating. Is it fun? Is it when when you have, you see this and you know that something is going on, but you're not able to put your fingers on it and you have to really try to figure it out. What's that process like internally between your team members?
0: Yeah, well, uh, in case of ClearSale, we are a solution provider, right? So we're not the merchant, but the way we we built our solution and our business model uh, makes uh makes the incentives the financial incentives specifically very similar so so that we behave very similar as a, a merchant would behave in a situation like this and what i mean by that is that um we have a, a policy of a chargeback guarantee a chargeback reimbursement as a possibility so we don't want to uh, allow too much fraud go through right because it's going to become a cost of ours. um And we also have a a chargeback discount policy, even if there's no uh, reimbursement. Um, We also usually only make money when the transaction is approved. So we want to have uh, the most, uh, the the, the highest uh, approval rate uh, possible so that we can make more money. And usually we, we charge our merchants the same amount, regardless of being a manual review or a real-time decision, a, a automatic decision. So we want to make the, you know, the manual review the, the lower rate possible, even though we understand that as an important piece of the process. We want to make it very uh, tiny percentage, right? Um, so... Uh, I would I w- from the options you just gave me between fun and stressful or fun and, and frustrating I would pick up the the, the, the frustration one <laughs> as the as, as the one because I mean um, you' used to be successful and then at some point one of your merchants and we have uh, more than 4,000 of them but one of our merchants, uh, a big one is going through something um, um, something y- you are not being able to solve right so uh, and it was not something that happened you know in in in, in in one week, it took like two to four months before we solved 100% of it. Um, So it was a a, a lot of frustration from one step to the other. And I think part of the reasons is because we as a company uh, um, want to avoid costs, want to increase uh, revenues and obviously want to increase customer satisfaction. And in this case, our customer wasn't that happy with all that was going on, so, so so that was really challenging for us. Yeah,
1: so I want you to take me through now. Obviously, you're you're in this position where you're not really sure exactly what's going on. What do you? What was the the end result? How were you able to kind of work your way through this and and solve the problem?
0: Well, in this particular case, we we had the chance. I mean, again, we were struggling, right, to understand what was going on because the variables were matching and and the first uh thoughts that went through our minds was okay let's try to uh narrow down the pattern of those orders and check uh, uh and and send them to many review uh, or decline them whatever but that was just not viable because you cannot pick up a, a city let's say san diego and you were gonna say all the orders in which shipping address match with the uh, uh with the the card holders and and, and you, you cannot decline because there are even bunch more uh, much much more good orders on this pattern than there are right. bad orders right so you cannot you cannot decline those and you cannot send all of them to um to many review because uh it's a high percentage right so most of the transactions 30 to 40 percent are made by people with a good match in uh, shipping address and credit card blah 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 so uh there was the option that was not the right option in this case and that's what made this case specifically challenging was uh flagging orders that followed that pattern because the same pattern was followed by good orders so it was was hard so um the next step was trying to understand what was going on and by understanding what's going on i mean um, really diving into uh, the scenario. And in this case, that meant uh, um, uh, having the help of the merchant, of a, one employee of the merchant, and talking to the, these people, like people that were receiving these goods. Because think about it. You, again, uh, using you as an example, received this TV at your home. Somebody using their their uniform was uh, uh, the, the merchant's uniform, let's say Best Buy, whatever. Um, they came to your house and, and you you wanted to give it back to them, right? So you, you just gave it back. So somebody had to talk to you to understand what, ha- what happened. And um, and in this case, we have a process internally called uh, chargeback classification, where we try to uh, classify the, the chargebacks into auto fraud, fr- friendly fraud, um, um, actual fraud, and, and the multiple types of fraud, uh, not trusting and relying only on the reason codes provided by the bank. And this process also included talking to these people over the phone. And the story they told us was, was the, the story I, I, I told before, meaning um, um, I I was on my home, I got this TV for out of nowhere, and out of nowhere, someone came to, to catch it, to get it back, and I gave them back. So it, it was a combination of, our own efforts and collaboration with the with the merchant in this case with our client in this case where an employee of theirs went through these people's house to talk to them and to understand what was going on
1: wow that's incredible so i I mean who volunteered for that job because that would not be a job that i would want to be (laughs) be doing so who did you there were people that were actually trailing these fraudsters to the door of the consumer
0: yeah kind of yeah actually actually yeah. They, they they never really faced the defrosters themselves themselves but what they did is they went to these people houses and they look at at, at cameras uh, security cameras on the on a building uh, and that's how they they okay, came yeah, up with it so you could
1: really risk a confrontation there which nobody, nobody yeah. really wants to have yeah um, so I'm also I'm also curious here when when you spoke with consumers this must have been very unnerving for them I guess you never you never really think in this world I guess anything is possible at this point but you still kind of feel like there are some things you could trust like if somebody shows up in a uniform from UPS that they're actually from UPS so did you ever hear from any any merchants about what the the feedback was or or if consumers uh, what what was their reaction to this
0: well, I um, in this case, in this particular, I don't remember any 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 uh, complaints or anything in this particular case, case. But I guess that people got scared a little bit, right? Because so, you usually think about a, a, a cyber criminal or uh, an online fraudster as someone in a dark room, you know. Uh, uh, a, a, a uh, hacker, you know, looking at, at this, and probably that that did happen at some point, because again, we were ta- we are talking about an account takeover that does need a high level of uh, tax sophistication. But in this case, it's clear that it was an organized crime, a crime organization with uh, multiple uh, multiple elements. Just similar to what I just described that happened internally, where you have the software engineering, the, you know, the data science, and the, and the manual reviewer. And in this case, uh, the frosters also had a couple of uh, uh, elements here, at least. Um, and, and I think that should be surprising to someone who would have you know, the stereotype of the, the online froster as someone who would never you know, show their faces, right? right? So
1: once you have something like this happen, obviously, you're taking lessons from it in, in the moment. But what are you doing in, in the long term when you see something like this happen? Because obviously these people are highly creative, both strategically and tactically. How are you trying to think ahead and make sure that you can avoid this type of, of targeting in the future?
0: Mm-hmm. Well, the the, the 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 first is celebrating a little bit, right? So <laughs> you gotta you you gotta you gotta understand that if you found a, a great solution and you, you found the diagnosis and a good solution and a, let's say medicine for, for that, you gotta you gotta apply it. Uh, but in the the minute after, you gotta already start thinking about how to scale that, so that at least this pattern won't happen again. I mean, other patterns will always be able to happen. And, and, and it's we usually say that the fraudster can beat the fraudsters can beat us once, but they cannot beat us twice, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that's the mentality. So the most important thing is, uh, uh, is is closing the cycle and and building whatever you built to solve this particular problem. Try try to scale it to other merchants, to other um, uh, situations, and and not to find the same. Uh, uh, the same pattern uh, again. In this case, the solution or the, the way we handled that was by um, including not only a supervised ma- model. And I don't want to get too technical, but we have to step in a little bit. Um, supervised models they try to find a pattern that differs one order to the uh, one order from the other. Uh, but there, in this case, we applied what we call unsupervised uh, models where you are trying to find out anom- anomalies, behaviors and, and stuff that is going on that sh- that are, you are not used to see it before. In this case, it was as simple as understanding the volume of orders uh, on a given region with a given uh, um, type of product on a given uh, week and compare it to the last three months. Because uh, think about it. This type of fraud uh, requires a lot of resources, as we said before, right? So nobody's doing this to, to get one TV. In this case, we are talking about hundreds of orders and hundreds of, uh, you know, cases where they went with the uniform. So they had to do it on a single region because they couldn't, you know, uh, you know f- uh, travel from one city to the other. And they, get to, they had to do it on a single merchant. Right, because you'd only have the uniformer of this particular immersion. So um, the way to catch it was understanding if the volume of a given uh, item category, combined with a region, in this case zip code, combined combined with a, um, 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 uh, the the type of uh, tr- type of item transaction. And uh, the matching, the, the, the fact that the shipping address was matching with the, with the credit card uh, uh, number in the, in, before, in, in transactions previously. So in this case, that's what we learned for this case. But obviously, the, 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 the tool that went back to our toolbox, toolbox was the anomaly detection as a whole right so it's not that now i'm i'm uh, uh, protected against people that use uniforms in san diego but now i should be all, all over the world all over the 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 uh, other types of anomalies that can be detected so i think the the story behind here is always the more experienced you are the more fraud cases you faced and i've been uh, uh, 12 years at clear i've i've seen a lot of different stories <laughs> and and, um, and tools at your toolbox, in other words.
1: Amazing. No, it's it's really it's it's really great to hear about the the chess game and, and how solution providers are able to react to these kind of things. I do have one more question before we go. when you're when you're internally looking at the crazy things like this, which is absolutely amazing and the complexity of the the fraud here is staggering, Do you have a team that tries to think up all the crazy ways that people could try to defraud uh, customers and maybe run some kind of, I don't know, war games or something like that where you're attacking the system from the outside Uh in order to try and be prepared for what you might see in the future?
0: Well, um, uh, I know that for cybersecurity, this is a a common practice. Let's say you want to understand the vulnerabilities of a system, and then you kind of try to invade it yourself uh, as a solution provider, right? Um, That's not exactly what we do. I think in our case, we got to be very conscious about, you know, handling credit card information and stuff like that internally at ClearSale, so we uh, we try to avoid this kind of uh, uh, information, this kind of uh, practice. Um, but what we do that is kind of similar to to what you just described is we have a team internally that uh, tracks uh, forums and deep the deep web and actually the the, the regular web um, on the forum. So. Uh, don't, we shouldn't be naive to to believe that we are here talking in our podcast, and the fraudsters do not have a, you know a similar thing. So there <laughs> might don't. be a exactly they may they might have a podcast or a blog or whatever uh, similar to this. They talk even more than we talk on the on the good on the good boys uh, um, side, right? They they exchange best best practices, and that's why by, by the way that's why if you allow some type of fraud from happening um very likely someone else is going to try the same thing right and and you may have a much bigger problem than just just one transaction so um that's something that we do we do do but it's interesting also to mention that is a team because it's a kind of uh um, an ethical discussion on on how we should how much we should we should follow these discussions the team that does that, that follow these discussions and, and are uh, you know involved on in, on these groups, uh, is a team that most of our employees do not know who they are. So they are picked up from different departments, and just a few of us know who they are, uh, so that people don't you know start asking them. But they will uh, make you know this committee will make meetings, a periodical meeting, so that they can talk about their findings. Um, it's a it's a really challenging uh, world.
1: All right, well, I really appreciate your time, Raphael. Thanks so much for for joining us.
0: Thank you, Bradley, and, and hope to have another opportunity to talk to you and your audience.